It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. BYU hosting their annual spring game as well as alumni game this afternoon and evening at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. How is that affecting recruiting and how is recruiting going overall for BYU this spring? We dig into that. We also talk some BYU basketball transfer portal options as well. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Appreciate you guys being a part of the podcast. Today's title sponsors our friends over at FanDuel. This episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, let's get rolling on today's show. But a quick reminder for you guys that we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. The goal here simply stated is to make you guys the smartest BYU fans in the room by giving you all the news and notes as well as some insider information that you can wow and surprise your family and friends when you're talking all things BYU. Alright, today is the day for BYU out at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Weather notwithstanding, they will hold their annual spring scrimmage, spring game, spring showcase. I don't know what to term it and Kalani Sitake uh, was very clear that he's not 100% certain how things are going to go in this, but it's an open uh, invite to all BYU you fans, if you want to make the drive down to Provo to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, you can attend that starting at 3 o'clock. And then at 5 o'clock, uh, BYU will hold their second annual alumni game. And the alumni game last year was actually a really, really fun event. Far better than I wholly anticipated it being going into it. A really fun ending, obviously, with Max Hall hooking up with Brian Keel for the win there on a Hail Mary at the end of it. Uh, we'll see what this year holds. It's actually more of an expanded roster than it was a year ago. A number of uh, former Cougars actually expressed interest in playing in it after seeing the success after year one. And that's actually a really good thing. And Kalani Sitake said it after last year's event that he hoped to see it expand. But uh, it actually brings me to my original uh, premise of uh, starting off today's show. I got an email from Ethan uh, yesterday, actually. He said, I don't know if I'm going to be too late for the mailbag, but I wanted to ask you this question. I'm noticing on social media a lot more of BYU players and coaches interacting on social media, and especially when it comes to the recruiting side of things. We're seeing a lot of guys expressing that they're making unofficial visits to BYU. Uh, and he, he, I guess his overall premise is the last thing he says here. Am I wrong in assuming that BYU is up the ante or at least has increased their profile on the recruiting front? Now, Ethan, you're not crazy. BYU is far more interactive, especially on social media, when it comes to the recruiting game. It's something that was severely lacking uh, under the last a couple of uh, staffs at BYU. And it's a young man's game. Let's be real. Social media, for any of you who are of a certain age, is something that was going to be uh, uh, just you look at it and say, okay, is this something I really want to get engaged with? For younger generations, it's part of their daily life. I kind of straddled in between. I have adapted to social media. I do shows on YouTube now, folks. You could have told me 10 years ago you'll be doing a, a podcast every day on YouTube, and I'm say, yeah, yeah, right. That's not happening. I love Twitter. I use Facebook to a large degree. I'm still very much a neophyte when it comes to Instagram, and apparently uh, if 
TikTok doesn't get banned, maybe I'll have to get onto that on that at some point. But the the social media aspect has absolutely been an increase for BYU when it comes to their recruiting efforts. They have been very active on social media, but also they have been very active in just terms of overall their recruiting prowess during the spring period. They're inviting any and all athletes they feel like that they are have at least some interest in to come down to Provo and check out what's going on. I think a lot of that goes to the new recruiting brain trust of Patrick Hickman as as well as Justin Anderson, who are leading BYU's recruiting efforts. But also, you got to give credit to the BYU coaches themselves. Jay Hill is a relentless recruiter. He's similar to Aaron Roderick in that respect. I always thought, that, in my opinion, that if you were to go like a power ranking of BYU's best recruiters off of last year's staff, Aaron Roderick was number one, far and away. Number two is Fessy Satake, and you kind of delineate the list from there. I would say that Jay Hill is probably the 1B to the 1A for Aaron Roderick. You probably could reverse those in many respects. They have absolutely kicked that recruiting recruiting uh, work that they're doing into high gear, speaking of the BYU football program. Is that a bad thing? No, it's absolutely the lifeblood of every successful football program, and I think they fully understand that they truly want to be competitive in the Big 12 era. They have to... uh, what am I trying to say? They have to get as many high-level athletes as they possibly can, and the only way you do that is to get in on this. Obviously, NIL plays a role. Transfer Portal is also going to play a role and roster building. that We actually need to have a bigger discussion probably about how BYU is building their roster at some point here on a future episode of the podcast. But the recruiting imprint BYU is trying to put out there is not gone unnoticed. I think you're going to see a large number of high school athletes, no matter the recruiting class in the 2024, 2025, 2026, and beyond recruiting classes, they will be milling around Lavelle Edwards Stadium this afternoon and evening. I, I, you can bank on it. They've been invited uh, to attend en masse, and I think a number of them them are going to respond to that invitation and go down there and check out what's going on. I can tell you also this. Essentially, every practice I have been to so far for BYU and spring ball, I have seen at least two or three quote-unquote high-profile athletes or recruits that are in attendance at those. Isaac Wilson has been at multiple practices. I would assume he'll be there tonight or this afternoon, if you're depending on when you're listening to this, checking out uh, things with the spring scrimmage. He's just one example. You can go down the list. I think I saw Brock Harris, who is a highly, highly thought of uh, phenom, a tight end prospect from Pineview High School in St. George. He's only going to be a sophomore in high school this year, but already like 6'5". Absolutely just incredible athlete. Uh, he, I think he expressed that he's going to be at the spring game today. BYU is casting a wider net than they ever have before. Now, does a wider net mean that they're just essentially uh, welcoming any and all comers? No. BYU is still very uh, much it, being very... Uh, I would say this, very uh, cautious and uh, cognizant, I guess I should say, of who they recruit. Guys have to fit in at BYU. Kalani Sitake talks about it all the time. They have to understand that there's an an academic requirement you have to live up to. There's the honor code you have to live up to. And also BYU, with those other things in play, aspires to play championship-level football. Now, there's a smaller number of those athletes who can abide by all the different things BYU requires of them, but that just means that BYU has to put that extra effort in, and they truly are. Just this is my perception, and I'd probably get somebody like Jeff Hansen on who knows more about this because he talks to these recruits on a daily basis. But it, everything that I am hearing slash seeing is that BYU absolutely has upped their game in the recruiting front, especially on social media. Jay Hill's retweeting essentially everything out there when it comes to a player wanting to visit. They got an offer from BYU, etc. He's interacting with it. It's not going to notice. I, I know of one recruit that I have a personal connection to who has said that... Uh, 
the last staff at BYU, and he said it's it, they just probably got overwhelmed, he felt like, but he said this new staff under Jay Hill has absolutely changed their uh, communication with him. He says, I'm constantly hearing from them, whether it's a text message, a DM on Twitter, a note dropped in the mail, a mailer being sent out by the BYU recruiting department. It's really, really gone uh, to a different level at BYU, and I think it's actually a positive that BYU is doing this, and it's across the board. They have added uh, more staffers, as I mentioned, on the back end. There are more student assistants that are still helping BYU in the recruiting department. I'd like to see them add some more full-time staffers in that regard, and uh, I think they can continue to do that. But right now, I, it's it's really, really encouraging. Uh, so hopefully that answers your question, Ethan. You, you're not crazy. I think that any of you who've been paying attention to social media and just the overall recruiting sphere, if that's what you're interested in, can attest to this. BYU is absolutely putting in more time and effort on the recruiting front than they ever have before, and they absolutely need to because the Big 12 is going to require that. You want to play high-level football at the Power 5 level? Well, you guess what? You need Power 5-level athletes, and that's what BYU is endeavoring to go out and find. All right, well, uh, BYU's not the BYU football, excuse me, is not the only program uh, trying to upgrade their talent base. The transfer portal is running hot and heavy in college basketball. BYU is out there uh, reaching out to guys according to different social media accounts. Who are some of the guys BYU has been targeting in the transfer portal era? What do I make of their early endeavors in the portal. We'll talk about all of that in a couple of moments. First, a word on our friends over at FanDuel. Of course, the tournament is heating up and there is no better place to get in on the action than with our friends at FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook, and that's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Yes, if it doesn't win, you get those bonus bets back. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet right now. Then you can wager on every Everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net and all in an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. So get on it, my friends. Don't miss out on your shot to get that no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 back when you've joined FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up now. Make every moment more and do it with our friends at FanDuel. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends at UCCU. UCCU has opened a new branch in Vineyard, my friends, and to celebrate, they're giving away a 2023 Kawasaki Terex 4. UTV. The new branch is offering all the benefits of a UCCU branch, multiple drive-up lanes, a 24-hour ATM, and UCCU's brand-new interactive teller machines, or ITM for short, which provides all the benefits of meeting with a real-life UCCU professional either in the branch or right from your vehicle. It's a virtual connection to a remote teller with a highly personalized audio and video connection, and you can celebrate that new vineyard branch with UCCU and enter to win that 2023 Kawasaki Terex 4 UTV. The winner's going to be announced in April, but the Deadline is today, March 31st. So if you're listening to this, pause the podcast, go enter to win, and come right back and tune in. Just day, just a day left, excuse me, for you to enter to win that 2023 Kawasaki Terex 4. Stop by UCCU's new branch and vineyard or enter online at uccu.com. Hurry, like I said, you got today to do it. You don't have to be a member of UCCU to enter either, and there is no purchase necessary. It's all courtesy of, of UCCU Love. Where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Can't thank you guys enough for your support of the podcast. If you've not done so already, I would encourage you guys to check out Locked On College Basketball. It's your one-stop shop for all the college hoops information you guys need to know about. Uh, it's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, as I mentioned on College Basketball front, the portal, it tra- uh, transfer portal, is absolutely rocking and rolling. Uh, Thursday, I saw a report that over a th- we crossed the thousand-player threshold of athletes uh, entering the transfer portal. 
in the college basketball ranks, and that's just the Division One. So uh, there's 353. Don't quote me on this. I think there's 353 Division One basketball programs. If you have a thousand guys already in the in the portal, that means an average of three guys uh, for every college basketball program have entered the transfer portal. It is truly just revolutionized the recruiting sphere, especially in college basketball. We talk about college football in the transfer portal. Well, there's 85 scholarship guys and up to 123 guys on a football roster at the college level. In college basketball, you have 17 guys at most, with walk-ons included, if I'm not mistaken. You have 13 scholarships, and it's just a much smaller uh, group overall, and obviously one or two guys can make a huge impact in basketball, whereas football, okay, one or two guys can make an impact, but maybe not to the same program-changing level. Okay, I probably shouldn't say that, but nonetheless, you get what I'm talking about. They they have a bigger outsized impact in terms of their transfer portal opportunities in college basketball than you probably do in football. But BYU has been active so far in the transfer portal. I, I don't think it goes uh, without noticing if you haven't been paying attention out there on social media. Uh, one intriguing player that has a connection to BYU just simply due to his faith is a guy by the name of Kian Etajere, and uh, he is a transfer from Marquette. Now, he's a six foot nine forward uh, who's an interesting prospect. He was a three- or a four-star prospect depending on which recruiting service you looked at coming out of the North Carolina uh, area. BYU had some recruiting interest in him, but he ultimately decided to commit to Texas. But when Shaka Smart moved to Marquette, he actually went with Shaka Smart to Marquette. Now, he hasn't played a ton during his two seasons up there with the Golden Eagles, but he has now entered the transfer portal. And Robbie McCombs, who's doing an absolutely incredible job covering all things BYU hoops, uh, tweeted this yesterday. Kean had a Zoom call with BYU coaches yesterday, so he's speaking of Wednesday, his family tells me, one of several schools that have reached out to him. He says it's also one of the several Zooms BYU coaches have done with recruits in the past few days. So BYU is being very active on this. Now, uh, Itajere, uh, to me, is a guy that BYU would bring in. He's a similar body type to like a Tiki Elliott Tiki. Like I said, 6'9", not necessarily the most polished offensively. I think he's got a better uh, overall ability to shoot the basketball than a guy like Triple A, but that doesn't mean he's necessarily going to come in and shoot the three at a 40% clip. If he was doing that, he'd be playing more for Marquette, and he probably wouldn't be leaving the program. So... Uh, there is that an interesting one, so BYU at least has some interest there. Now, uh, there's been other reports out there that BYU reaching out to a number of other athletes. I've seen it on social media. There's come from all these different transfer portal affiliate, affiliated uh uh, accounts and they essentially like DM guys and are like asking for information uh, about who's reached out to who. Uh, got the first guy I remember seeing is Tim Dalger, uh, who is a senior uh, coming from Tulsa. Not a very efficient player, but good size on the wing. Uh, listed at six seven or six six, depending on where you look. Two hundred eighteen pounds. I don't necessarily think that he is necessarily what BYU is looking for because I think BYU needs more of a true point guard. And I've also said it before that I want to see them get a true big man, a six ten, six eleven, seven foot big man in the middle. Uh, I'll say this once again that I have heard that BYU has at least made uh, contact with former UVU big man Fardaz Amak. Uh, I think that Fardaz, if he goes anywhere that's got a local connection, he probably links back up with Mark Madsen potentially at Cal out there. We'll find out. Uh, the other thing about this is with the transfers, uh, not the transfers, but the hires out of the state of Utah. Ryan Odom going to VCU. Mark Madsen going uh, to uh, Cal. 
the rosters at Utah State and UVU are going to see attrition to a large degree. Now, I think a number of the UVU guys would be interested in joining Mark Madsen at Cal, if at all possible. So you may not be necessarily able to pick off as many guys there. But the guys from Utah State having to go all the way around across the country to VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University, might be a harder sell. And there is one guy in particular on Utah State squad that I want BYU to go after if he is going to have any interest in leaving the program. I don't know that he is. I haven't talked to anybody about this. But if Stephen Ashworth, the Lone Peak Knight, the former Lone Peak Knight, if he decides to leave Utah State and look at his options, I hope that BYU tosses their hat in the ring and does whatever they can to get that guy to Provo. I think he would be absolutely the guy BYU needs uh, to be a compliment for a guy like Dallin Hall. A proven offensive guy who can control uh, the tempo of the offense. I think Stephen Ashworth would be a great Great addition for BYU. But he's not the only guy BYU's reached out to. There have been a number of big men that BYU's reached out to. Will Shaver, who is a guy uh, out of North Carolina, six foot 10, 260-pound big man. Uh, Caden Shedrick was a center also from Virginia that entered the transfer portal. I did see right before I started recruiting, though, that he released a top 17 list. <laughs> Welcome to the recruiting world, my friends. A top 17 list. Unfortunately, BYU wasn't on it. So you can probably can't cross him off the list, but other big men. Ali Khalifa, who is a guy, actually an uh, Egyptian a native a native of Egypt, playing for Charlotte, 6'11", 230 pounds, has international experience playing for uh, some of the youth uh, Egypt, Egyptian national team stuff. Uh, but there are two in particular that came out in the last couple of days that I think speak more to what I think BYU is looking for because they want a true scorer, it feels like. And maybe it's not a true point guard like I've mentioned, but they want guys who can score in a big way. A.J. Storr is one of those guys. He is from St. John's University. University, 6'6", 200 pounds, a guy who was a four-star prospect before enrolling with the Red Storm, uh, a guy who has just got all kinds of offensive chops. Now, uh, if you look at the list of uh, programs that have reached out to him, essentially, I think everybody and anybody in college basketball has reached out to this young man. So BYU tossed their hat in the ring. He's a former four-star guy. He's going to have no shortage of options there. He's an interesting one to me, as well as Marcus Domask, uh, who is from uh, Southern Illinois. Now, he's similar in size to store, 6'6", 215 pounds. Didn't score as many points. I think he was around 11 points per game this past year for the Salukis out there at Southern Illinois SIU. Uh, he's an intriguing one to me. And then they also, uh, tapping into their WCC knowledge, apparently have also reached out to Moses Wood, who is a big uh, man, a forward uh, from Portland University at 6'8", 210 pounds. So BYU is looking for some size. And that doesn't surprise me at all with Mark Pope. He's always prioritized athleticism and size, positional length, I'm trying, I guess I should say, uh, for his rosters. It's come at the expense of BYU's ability to truly shoot the basketball at a high level. But I don't think that BYU is done looking in the portal, nor should they be. They've also reached out to Kirk Creesa. A number of you have asked me about him, a former four-star athlete who played at Arizona. He's 6'3", 190 pounds. He's a native of Estonia over there in Eastern Europe. Uh, he would be a, a fantastic addition because I think he is that point guard that could really run the offense for BYU. And what did the last Arizona transfer do for BYU? Oh, wait, that was a really, really good run they had uh, with their last Arizona transfer. So th there's an opportunity here for BYU to remake themselves in the transfer portal, but I don't think it's going to come at the expense of essentially uh, Mark Pope offloading more than half of his roster as he, as he did the last season. It was at 12 new players came into the program last year. I don't see that much of a turnover for BYU. I do see them trying to add maybe three or four guys, but that's also going to require some guys to leave the program. They may be gently nudged out the door. We'll find out if that comes to uh, fruition. Now, there are a number of people, and I'm gonna, I probably should have mentioned this name right up off the top as well because he's the 
quote unquote uh, Jimmer the second because he's from the same area as Jimmer Fredette. Uh, Joe Girard the third, a senior a guard from uh, Syracuse. He's from Glens Falls, New York, just like Jimmer has played his entire career for the Syracuse Orange. He's six one, one hundred ninety pounds, averaged fifteen points this past year for the Orange. Uh, so he is an interesting one as well. That would be a guy who has a connection with Jimmer Fredette. Maybe Jimmer could get in his ear. BYU did recruit him out of high school, as some of you might recall. But as I mentioned more and more of these names, it probably should make make it very clear that they're casting a wide net and looking at all options. Are any one of those guys going to be the guy that BYU ends up signing? Only time will tell. NIL is going to play a role in this, obviously. The Royal Blue Collective, uh, any other NIL entities out there that want to play a role with BYU basketball, that want to get involved, they will obviously be a big part of this. It, it, it's uh, let's, let's talk about the dirty little secret. A lot of these guys in the transfer portal are going to go where the biggest checks can be cashed. And what I mean by that is NIL opportunities. How much money are you willing to give me to play for that university? A lot of guys are looking around trying to collect as much money as they possibly can. And I, I can't blame them, but at the same time, you've got to be able to understand what you're getting into with some of these young men. If you truly, if BYU does want to do this, and I, I don't have any insider knowledge on this, but if they truly want to get into the quote-unquote sweepstakes with an NIL, understand that you're getting into bed with guys who are quote-unquote hired guns. They are guys that are mercenaries. and That sounds so negative. I understand it sounds negative, but that's what this day and age of the transfer portal and NIL have made college basketball into. It's a feeding frenzy. It's a free-for-all. It's going to be insane. And by the way, I mentioned, I think, six or seven names on this. I could probably go on social media and list probably ten more names that BYU reportedly has reached out to guys. This is very early on in what BYU is trying to do about making over their roster, but there is an opportunity for BYU to remake that roster. Like I said, my priority, a big man, a true big man in the middle for BYU and the number two, a point guard to take some of the strain off a guy like Dallin Hall. I think those are the two top priorities, but apparently if you look at what BYU's done so far, they're also looking at the wing and high scoring wing players. So, uh, not a bad proposition. If you get a big man, a point guard, and a high-scoring wing player who can get you 15 to 20 points a night, not a bad thing to have as BYU tries to be more competitive uh, in their first year in the Big 12. But very interesting notes all the same. All right, uh, we will finish out today's show with some final notes on a former Cougar uh, stepping into the radio booth that I am very close with. We'll talk about Hans Olsen uh, becoming the new uh, color commentator for BYU Radio on the BYU Football Broadcast. And we'll also talk a little bit more about uh, today's scrimmage as well as some other news and notes for the weekend ahead and all things BYU sports. We'll get to all of that in mere moments. Of course, it is time to talk about Built Bar though for a minute. Our friends over at Built Bar have a Built Bar March Madness bracket and this is the final day similar to what we talked about earlier with our friends at UCCU to uh, cast your vote. You can go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorite Built Bars now whether it's a puff, a bar, whatever your interest is you can support them in the bracket by going to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites now. The best part is when you vote you'll be among uh, potentially 50 winners who will win a free built uh, box of Built Bars from our friends at Built Bar and the best part is there is one law Locked On fan who's going to win a year supply, a 12-month subscription to Built to have the built, best Built Bars and Built Puffs delivered directly to their door. Think about that. An opportunity to get a full year's worth of Built. No sweat off your back. All you got to do is go to Built March Madness right now to p- vote for your favorites. The other thing about this is the macros on these bars are absolutely incredible. I love them. Uh, you guys have heard me gush about them multiple times. The macros are insane. The best part is they're covered in 100% real chocolate. You will not believe how healthy they are for you versus how good they taste. So give them a shot now. 
now. That's BuiltMarchMadness.com. While you're there, place your order for your next order of Built Bars and use the promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off your order and get and join the best tasting protein bars and do it with Built Bar. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day, my friends. Hope you guys are all having a fantastic Friday whenever you hear this, morning, noon, or night. Can't thank you guys enough for your support of the podcast. Now, before we go out the door here, I wanted to give a quick shout-out to a close friend of mine and a guy I've gotten to work with, wow, for... It's been at least seven years now, maybe eight years. Hans Olsen is going to be the new uh, color commentator on BYU Radio alongside Greg Rubel, uh, stepping into the role that Mark Lyons held for years. Obviously, most recently, Riley Nelson held for the past four seasons, if I recall correctly, as the uh, analyst on BYU football broadcast on BYU Radio. Now, Hans is a dear friend of mine. I was lucky enough to do the last two or three seasons of BYU pre- and post-game shows on the KSL Sports Zone that I worked for in my day job. Uh, he and I actually uh, co-hosted the BYU pre- and post-game coverage, and I've gotten to know Hans extremely well. He is as knowledgeable a football mind as you will find in this market, speaking of Salt Lake City and beyond. He knows football inside and out, my friends. He played at the professional level, both at the NFL and the Arena Football League level. He played for Lavelle Edwards. He is a teammate of Kalani Satake's. He knows BYU. It is a passion for him. I have seen some people say that uh, he's, he's, he's not a BYU guy. Folks, Hans Olsen is a BYU guy as much as any of you out there. Let me just say that. I will stump for my guy. You can think whatever you will, and I'm probably not going to change your mind if you have it made up that he's whatever you think he is. But Hans is going to bring dedication, passion, and just, just work ethic to this gig. Uh, he Very few people can claim to have outworked Hans Olsen. I aspire to be like him in my work, and I trust me, I feel like I work fairly hard. Hans just it seems to run rings around me. He knows what he's doing. He's a fantastic radio host, uh, doing great work with Scott Gerard. They do a great, great radio show from 12 to 3, Monday through Friday on the KSL Sports Zone. If you have not checked it out, I would encourage you to do so. They keep it real, they keep it fresh, and they have a lot of fun along the way, but that's what he's also going to bring to the BYU broadcast room. Uh, Gregor Bell's lucky to have landed him, I feel like, and I cannot wait to hear uh, Hans working alongside Greg. Uh, I know a number of you uh, probably were wondering, Jake, when did you know about this? Well, we had the question yesterday from our good friend Tuckinator on our mailbag edition of the podcast saying, hey, Jake, when do you think this is going to go down? Well, in the interest of full disclosure, I was told about it earlier this week, but I was told, on no uncertain terms, you are not allowed to leak this. And when I am told that by sources, quote-unquote, at that point, I'm going to sit on it. But I cannot wait to hear Hans do his work because, like I said, this is a guy who knows BYU football. He's got a passion. He played for Lavelle Edwards. He knows what he's doing in the broadcast booth, and I cannot wait uh, to see the work he does alongside Greg Grubel. Uh, I think Hans is going to be a really, really nice addition to those broadcasts, and I'll be tuning in, I can tell you that much, but also I'll also be doing pre- and post-game co- coverage still for KSL Sports Zone. If you want to tune in beforehand and then flip over and listen to Hans and Greg uh, call the games, I'd love for you guys' support in that regard. All right. 
So uh, I just wanted to give a shout-out uh, to Hands on that because I think he absolutely is very much deserving of that. Now, the final thing before we go on today's show, uh, we're running out of time here, so I'm actually going to hold off on doing another one of our lookbacks at one of the games in BYU football history. So we'll kick off the 2015 season on Monday. Nice uh, way to start that, and we'll uh, begin our look back there. But before we go, a couple of notes on the weekend ahead for BYU sports. BYU men's volleyball is ranked number, I think, 7 in the country, if I recall correctly. They're 10-0 and at home this season at the Smith Fieldhouse. They host number Number 11, USC, tonight and tomorrow night at the Smith Fieldhouse. 7 o'clock starts on both of them. Both of them broadcast on BYU TV. I would encourage you guys to check that out if you have not done so already. Uh, it's a really, really high-level and high-paced, uh, high fast-paced sport. Always fun to tune into, and BYU's been very, very good at home. Uh, men's golf continues to play in the Goodwin, which is hosted by Stanford out of the Stanford Golf Course in the Bay Area. Best of luck to them as they participate in it. BYU's had good success in that tournament in the past on the men's golf side of things, so uh, best of luck to them. Also, BYU softball lost a, a heartbreaker 3-2 to two to number 12-ranked LSU uh, last night. They will continue to play in the uh, go- blue, not the blue and gold, the purple and gold classic down there in Louisiana. Uh, they will take on Louisiana Tech today at uh, 1 o'clock uh, Mountain Time, 2 o'clock Central Time. Also, BYU Baseball in action, taking on Gonzaga this weekend up there in the in the Pacific Northwest in Spokane. So best of luck to them in those matchups as well. So just kind of a look ahead at what's going on with BYU Sports this weekend. We'll do a full recap of how things went on our Monday edition of the show. We'll also, uh, I've got some interviews in the can. Isaiah Banya, Eddie Heckard, and whoever else I happen to grab uh, this afternoon and evening out there at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I will be happy to pass along to you guys next week as you kind of go through a lull. BYU football will actually be essentially taking the week off uh, for spring ball. They'll take a week off and then reconvene for the final three practices the following week leading up to April 15th. And of course, we'll be along for the ride, making sure you guys are covered every single day right here on Locked On Cougars. And by the way, if you are out there at Lavelle Edwards Stadium this afternoon and evening, you see me milling around, do not hesitate to say hi. I love talking with y'all and cannot wait to see you guys out there. So enjoy that. And of course, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy a general conference as well. That's obviously taking place this weekend as well up there in Salt Lake City. So just enjoy it all, my friends. Have a great weekend. We'll reconvene on Monday. Until then, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Now go make your second listen. Our friends over at the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Get caught up on all things Big 12 football, basketball, and beyond with Josh Neighbors. Get that available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Until Monday, my friends, have a great one. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.